What's going on guys, so welcome to this podcast, this is going to be a much shorter entry as we do not have Ian joining us, so this is going to be a little bit of a filler podcast because our last podcast unfortunately got corrupted, so we didn't get to put out the really, really meaty discussion we had around a lot of different things, so to tease the next podcast we are going to be talking about everything from Laurel Hubbard to Bowden Chains to the British Championships to all the different things going on in the weightlifting world at the moment and how some of our athletes training is going at Ronan, so this one is going to be a really brief one, it's just going to be me on unfortunately and it's going to be me talking about just being a little bit more flexible in your approach trying to have a broader view of training and trying to have more of a principle-based approach so you can absorb and master more tools into your training to hopefully get some better results enjoy what's going on guys so this is going to be a solo podcast mainly because i ended up messing up the last podcast that me and ian did which is a really really good one which is what we do because I did not leave enough room on my laptop, so it ended up kind of like fucking it up a little bit. So this is going to be one just to hopefully tide you guys over, so we don't leave it too long between podcasts. And this one's just going to be a little bit sort about kind of being able to choose just better training options and use different training tools, especially within weightlifting. Um, there tends to be, and I don't understand why, there tends to be a tendency, and that's a weird term itself, there tends to be a tendency to almost make the window of what we deem acceptable quite quite narrow so when you look at the olympic lifts it's kind of like so it'll be snatches clean and jerks some powers maybe the odd muscle snatch or high pull you know some snatch pulls some clean pulls some back pulls some front squats then a bit of accessory work, and then a bit of accessory work um or when we look at introducing like different paradigms or different methods or different principles or rather trying to use our principles that we use for weightlifting and look at other things in a broad in like a and a broader view to be able to edit, be able to adapt and adopt and learn to use more tools, I tend to be looked upon quite weirdly. So, Coach Ian, for example, we started um, talking about different experiments with bands that he could use because he is what he calls a very slow but strong lifter. So, bands obviously do a few things. They increase the gravity experience the more and more they stretch out. Like it's not like a dead weight, like a chain, where like the weight increases as you stand up, like a dead weight. As you stand up, the bands are literally yanking you down, so they're assisting gravity in terms of pulling you downwards. So it's actually making you have to accelerate harder just to make, even maintain the same speed. So acceleration, the force you have to produce, increases wildly as you actually stand up through a band. Also, even more so depending on how you decide to set the bands up. So in order to try to improve his force production, and rate of force production, Ian used bands. And he immediately got a slew of messages from different people saying, that's a stupid idea, why would you do that for weightlifting? Da, 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 da. But using some measurements such as, you know, how fast his squats, his pulls are moving, literally by using a force velocity measuring device, all of it's gone up on average. His snaps and clean jerks are looking better. And that's not just by what he says, that's also by what all of us say. He's looking fast for him anyway. <laughs> um, he started to get better just by using a different tool, a very simple thing, one implement, a band. And immediately everyone's gone mental and said, why would you use that? Why can't you use that? And it often comes from, and again, it's being a bit dramatic, but people are often scared of what they don't know how to use or what they've not seen used before. And in my own experience, like stuff like using lots of pliers and jumps, I used to have a hard time explaining why I liked doing those things or like some of like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like rolling drills and floor-based mobility drills or some of the single arm or like rotational or multi-planar stuff I used to do. I used to find it really hard to explain until people like Westside started coming out, Ida Portal started coming out, different people started coming out showing that actually these things help you to maintain some kind of physical library and movement literacy to be able to help you to stop from getting injured, to give you other options of movements to train, to give you some novelty and to also to keep your brain basically entertained so you're not just doing the same thing over and over again and also developing overuse injuries because in my opinion and from listening to other experts on it, I'm not saying I'm an expert but in listening to experts on these topics, it's more when you stop using your body in all the different ways it can be used so through rotation 
through single leg movements, through, anti, through resisting rotation and flexion, through producing those movements, and going through different different speeds, different velocities, using different tools, using different grips, and all these things, you begin to obviously lose your ability to do those. So then your body, instead of being this this thing that can apply force in lots of different directions in a smooth way, like let's say like a whip would, like a Cossack whip, you end up becoming this really almost like rusty stiff piston that can only produce force in one direction. And while that can sometimes be useful for a little bit when we're weightlifting, it's not always the best way to achieve the best results long term because your longevity will go down because you're not addressing these other little movements that you're not doing. And um, those movements don't really take that long to address, in my opinion anyway. It's just you need to obviously separate out what you're doing in your warm-up accessory and if you're doing them to get better at weightlifting or if you're doing things to make yourself move better as a human and to give yourself a higher general work capacity so that you can then enable yourself to train weightlifting better. That's the main thing. You're trying to enable yourself to achieve better results. Don't look at something as if, oh, does this exercise that I'm doing that's a rotational lunge carry over to my snatch and clean jerk? No, it doesn't. I'll fuck it off. It's like, oh, okay, will this make me healthier? Will it increase the work capacity of my, you know, of, you know, my lower body? And will it help me to feel better when I'm moving around in other movements? If yes, you know what, I'm going to include it. And that's the way that I would look at it. Um, Another example, and one of the Waymans I actually wanted to talk about was just how you implement the safety bar into training and why that I've started using the safety bar so much. And the main reason is because I had a hip injury that's basically repeatedly happened again and again and again because it's very, it's almost like a very niche very niche injury that I've had that I've finally got to the bottom of. It's like a ligament tear where it would basically mask itself as glute tendonitis, then knee pain, and then back pain, and then add up to a glute or, or hip flexor weakness, da 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 until eventually we found out what it was. And when I was trying to strength train, the main thing that I noticed was because most weightlifters, I'm sure, share this, I'm a bit hypermobile. So as soon as you stop training, your body struggles to maintain the ability to produce tension and to stabilize during powerful movements or a lot of aimed ranges. So I need to find something that would allow me to train my squat, to maintain the strength and to improve the strength in those muscles so that I'd be able to maintain some stability and start building my hip strength back. And it was... It took me a while to almost come around to using the safety bar exclusively for my squats for a while, but just by doing the safety bar squats consistently for like about a month or so and trying to get them stronger, I've noticed that not only am I starting to get stronger, or not only can I train my legs and my hips and my back through stuff like safety bar good morning, seated safety bar good morning, safety bar squats, safety bar front squats, which is a really interesting exercise that um, you should try if you can do it. Um, I've noticed that I'm also not having the weird beaten up feeling that I used to get sometimes from back and front squatting. And this isn't to say that I'm never going to back or front squat again, because I 100% will at some point. It's just to say that the safety bar has given me a way to train my squat and to strengthen myself without beating myself up while my hip is in a bit more of a fragile state where it's harder to strengthen it. So that is what I would say. And just going through, um, like, because we are called Ronin Strength, the the main idea of Ronin and some of the different, like, things we say and the theme of some of the things we post in terms of, you know, like, like this is the way, never stray from the way, see the way, broaden your things... It comes from um, a legendary samurai who is like somewhat myth, somewhat legend, somewhat actual person called Miyamoto, Musashi Miyamoto. And one of the main things that he says in his book, uh, Dokodo, which is a book, which basically his book of the 21 laws of how he tried to live his life, was one of his rules was try to learn how to use tools and master tools and weapons that you find useful, but nothing beyond that. And that is one thing that I truly believe in. Is if you think there is a use for a tool, if you think there's a use for a cambered bar, a safety bar, or dumbbells, or a football bar, or a Bosu ball stability drill, or a banded drill, or like a Koji band drill, or a kettlebell circuit that you think will be useful for you in some way, master it, learn it, see if it is useful, but don't do anything beyond that. Like you don't, just because you start using kettlebells or bands or chains, 
doesn't mean you have to all of a sudden become like, you know, a kettlebell sport guy who just exclusively uses kettlebells for accessory work. If you find out that you love a banded back squat or a banded box squat for your speed and power development through your hips and legs because it makes you more powerful, it doesn't mean you have to go fully conjugate and go through the Louis Simmons west side route. You just take the tools that you think will work for you and you adopt it into your own approach and then all of a sudden you have something that's very, very, very much uniquely yours. And the main thing that I would say with all of this, just to end this podcast, hopefully on like a good note, is you're, you're just trying to see the way broadly in all things. And the way for most of us when it comes to weightlifting is you're trying to use weightlifting to improve your physical performance and to have something that you feel like you can enjoy and be proud of in terms of your performance. And that is supposed to carry over to everything else. You're trying to take the tools that are useful for you, that will be productive for you, and you're trying to absorb them into your in, into your way of doing things to create a system and to create a, a lexicon of like, like a battery, like a library of tools that you will be able to use to make you better. And that shouldn't be based on, oh, I don't like a safety bar because no other weightlifters use it. It's like, if you look at your principles of how you train and it fits in with that, then you should probably try it. If it doesn't fit in with your principles because of like how you program or whatever, then maybe you don't use it. But it is always worth using. And just remember that if you are using a truly principle-based approach, you will be open and you'll be able to use a lot more tools than you think you might be able to. Just something to think about. So thank you for joining me for that podcast. Hope you found it interesting. Hope you found it useful. If you want to find out anything more about us and about joining us at Ronin, whether that is in person or as a virtual athlete, as a remote athlete, please go and visit roninstrength.co.uk and you'll be able to find us there, whether it's for powerlifting, weightlifting or strength conditioning programming. Um, Hopefully on the next podcast, we're going to have quite a few good guests and the next one's lined up. One of the key ones is going to be hopefully phil andrews of usa weightlifting and we are going to be able to chat shop with him ask him a whole bunch of questions that are hopefully going to be really helpful for you guys so hopefully you enjoyed this one and we will see you on the next one